Welcome back to the Mad Dog and Ollie show. Uh, Mad Dog, that's Ollie. What's up? Uh, today we're gonna. It's a special episode because we're starting face cams now. We're gonna bring this in. This is. It's gonna be the first one to go on YouTube, yep. also. So we're really excited. As you can see, for that, that, I'm rocking the Dewey, so I can gain a little extra knowledge. So. <laughs> <laughs> he wants the respect yeah. that comes with the gold bag. <laughs> he needs y'all. Y'all can't be messing with him. He's, trying to show out right now i can't i would rock the gold dewey but bro you should have broke it out i told you to break yours out too bro but i don't know why you didn't want to listen to me man (laughs) when we get when we get to a hundred followers i'll bring out the how about that we get to a hundred followers on spotify yep or we get to a hundred on youtube i'll do an episode in the all right no that sounds like a plan man that sounds like a plan yes and now it's actually a beautiful day now. It's finally starting to clear up, and yep. we're finally starting to get some sunshine for summertime in Texas. Yep, it's about to start hitting straight 90s, and we're not going to get a break until probably October. So it's going to be hitting that time soon. But, I mean, it's perfect swimming weather, perfect weather to go hoop at the wreck. You know, not not great to go play outside, but it's getting to that time where it's a beautiful time in Texas. I do just want to say, I did say Quentin Grimes need to play. Mm-hmm. They need to start, and they did start him. They listened mm-hmm. to me. To my surprise, when they go out and then I'm like, Quentin Grimes is starting tonight. My, Bro, Lord. I can't believe we already got like, somebody in the Knicks front office listening to us. Props to you, man. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not like we're naming a crazy player, like a star player. I mean, we're literally naming a role player. And of course, I mean, he was minus four on the court. He was plus one till the fourth quarter, and he played all right. I really thought. He had an impact, but it wasn't enough for the heat uh, uh, for them against the yep. Heat. I mean, the Heat are winning with smokes and mirrors. I don't understand. I mean, they covered again. Um, it was a the. Let me see what the over under was because it was. Mm-hmm. If oh, it was a push. It it was two ten and two ten was scored. So the mm-hmm. over under pushed for that. But I mean, what do you think about Miami? Just yeah. <laughs> I I can't make it. Yeah. Sense so the game that. the game Miami and Heat will be. I mean. The Heat versus Knicks are going to be tonight. So the Heat are up 3-1, and that's going to be I – I have a hard time seeing how the Knicks come back. I mean, Julius Randle has not been consistent. Jalen Brunson has been iffy from three. So when, you're, when your best two players aren't that reliable, um, it can definitely get to be a little ugly. So if Jimmy Butler shows up, which we expect him to, I don't see how they're going to be able to come back in this series. I, this is one of those where it's like, actually, Julius Randle said it best. If you were listening um, to his post game yeah. interview, he said they want it more, and they yeah. do. You can just see they really want it more. Like the Heat are some dogs. They want, they have a fight in them that the Knicks just, quite frankly, don't. Have. I agree. Like it's. I mean, I think it comes from it the stars because if you see the Nick, the uh, the Heat stars, they're Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and we know they're cut from that cloth where. They just want it more than other dudes, and if I'm being honest, I definitely don't think Jimmy, um, I definitely don't think uh, Julius Randle's cut from that cloth, and Jalen Brunson hasn't shown us too much that he is a dog like that. So I think in a series like this, where two, where the two stars on the Heat are clearly some of the best dogs in the in the league, um, it's pretty much it's pretty much chalked up to that because the Knicks aren't aren't seeming like they want it every play from play in and play out 
I mean, you just look at Randall. When he gets frustrated, he shuts down. I mean, I'm watching some terrible basketball at times. He's driving in, doing a spin move, trying mm-hmm. to throw behind his back for a pass. Yep. Like, you can't be doing that in game four of the second yep. round. Like, you got to be better than that. As an That's like regular season and type so, play. So. And so, do you like Miami to close it out tonight against the Knicks? Yep. Do you like Miami I'm taking to Miami. close this Yeah, I'm taking Miami to close it out, so – well, interesting enough, New York is three and a half point mm-hmm. favorites. I like Miami also to just flat yep. out win it. I don't even, I mean, they cover this spread easily, I think. Nothing that has shown me that at home the Knicks are going to no, be I agree with that. Nothing shows to me that they're going to be better. I agree. They, so, I don't think they have the advantage offensively or defensively, so. And then, did you stay up after that game? This the next game didn't finish to almost midnight our time for the uh, Warriors Lakers game. That was the Lonnie mm. Walker show was something. Now, I watched it up till the Lonnie Walker show. Around, around at the end of the third quarter, I was getting pretty tired, so I was I did not watch Lonnie Walker just torch the Warriors. But I I woke up to seeing all about it and. Let me let me say, I was not expecting to wake up to Lonnie Walker trending on all social media platforms. I mean, if I'm being honest, I I would think maybe even a player like um, Hachimura, or if it was going to be a role player, I would have chose maybe Hachimura or Reeves to take him home. But it was Lonnie Walker, and this is why the Lakers are going to be pretty dangerous because they're showing that they can have players from multiple multiple tiers on the bench show up and bring them home so the lakers are looking pretty nice i think people were sleeping on them i mean i like the lakers i hate to say it because i'm not the biggest Mm -hmm. lebron james fan uh watching that game last night steph curry shot them out of the game he shot a really lot of televised shots yes and clay thompson shot him out of the game he had a couple horrible shots in the end i saw replays on that as well yeah i kind of feel like steph curry he didn't mm-hmm. do them any yep. favors. He shot him out the game. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, his playmaking was great. He had some Magic Johnson-level passes. Yep. His playmaking was spectacular. But you can't shoot 12 or 30 from the field mm-hmm. on the road and expect to win. And that's yep. just hard. And, look, the reason why the Lakers are winning is because they're playing defense. We brought this up in maybe our first episode where we're like all the offense, high-powered offense, elite mm-hmm. offense. This is elite defense. The offensive rating mm-hmm. for the Lakers has been near where the Houston Rockets were for the regular season in this playoffs, and the Lakers have gone up 3-1 yep. in both seasons. And it's because Anthony Davis is averaging – I believe he's averaging more than three blocks a game. So that's that's pretty ridiculous as well. And It's, it's just – I, I don't rule out the Warriors coming back from 3-1 either. I cannot rule that out. We said earlier if they go up 3-1, L.A. Yep. has to win game six. They don't win game six. This series is going to get really dangerous really quickly. They do not expect to win game five. And that's also kind of scary when you're like, oh, we're going to win game five. As the Warriors and then the Lakers don't, they might steal one, and this is a 4-1 series, and then you're really looking back and you're like, there's a lot of legacies yep. on the line if this series is 4-1. Yep. Like, I couldn't imagine what it would mean for, yeah, for the warriors legacies. for the warriors they're gonna have to make a decision on draymond and jordan Poole. i mean that would not be jordan Poole just got a exa- big extension i'm, I'm saying that's because jordan Poole, that money is not worth it in the playoffs so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make a decision on if you think you can trade him for something that's that'll help you um in the near future and 
that's if they want to immediately win. I think long term pool might be better with the money than Clay is. I would trade Clay. I would try and move on. But at least you know for next season in the playoffs, you can rely on Clay in the playoffs defensively and offensively when Jordan Poole has showed you that he's not that dude in some series and he's giving you nothing on the other side of the court as well. So I'm if I'd I'd if for win now purposes, I'd choose to hold on to Clay out of those two, but the Warriors seem to find a way to also just not rebuild mm-hmm. but reload, and that's what always makes them True. frustrating. So um, the the finish wrapping about that game, that game ended with Golden State had a ball, had the ball. Draymond Green, I don't know if you've seen the last possession. He drives, he drives um, towards the baseline on the right side. He leaves his feet. They run a hammer sequence trying to get Clay Thompson a wide open three. LeBron calls mm-hmm. the switch, screen doesn't hit. AD goes to the corner. Draymond throws away and the game's basically mm-hmm. over at that point until Anthony Davis gets caught in the corner and you have a jump ball. The Warriors actually win the jump ball and instead of calling a timeout, Curry flips the ball over his head out of bounds, just mm-hmm. panicking. I mean, as, as much as a choke mm-hmm. as it can get. Reminiscent of Giannis so, when he almost threw the ball out of bounds and Chris Middleton saved him from an all-time blunder in the first round. And I honestly, I don't know if you remember this, but when the Warriors would play the Rockets, there was two games that were one possession that Draymond Green turned the ball over with mm-hmm. under 30 seconds left. I don't know what it is. Some about of their clutch time isn't. Some of their clutch time execution he is isn't not, the best. No. Okay. So tonight it's it will have mm-hmm. Lakers at Warriors. Golden State is a seven point favorite, so they're heavy mm-hmm. favorites in this yep. game five. I'm going to take Golden State to cover. I think they blow them out. I don't think this is close. I don't think the Lakers mm-hmm. think they can win. But I would be weary of if this game is close. I don't know if Golden mm-hmm. State's going to win a close one. They're going to have to put yep. it on them. Also, if they do win a close one, the momentum isn't swung yep. that much, I don't think. They need to blow them out to have a chance to yep. make Warriors are better. desperate. I'm taking them to play harder, and I think they'll close it out. And if they don't, things could be looking looking not great over there in Oakland. So. And then um, we are recording this yeah. a day earlier, so we are going to recap the, uh, on Tuesday. We'll recap the Thursday games real quick, or we'll yep. have our picks. Uh, Boston at Philly, Denver at Phoenix. I'm gonna I'm gonna take. I think Boston will win. Yeah, I, Boston. I'm take Boston. And well, Boston's the seven and a half a point favorite. Are spin. you taking them to cover that? Yes, Boston. Yes, Boston's going to cover. Okay, so on mm-hmm. Tuesday night. This will have already happened, mm-hmm. so we y'all we can basically post, see if we're uh, we'll, if we can we'll predict know, the future. But I'm going to go. Boston's going to cover at seven and a half. I also think Phoenix covers the six and a half point spread. I don't know if Phoenix beats Denver tonight, but I think mm-hmm. they covered at six and a half point spread. And then on Thursday, the spreads aren't posted. I'm going to go Boston again to win the close up the series in six, and I'm going to go Phoenix to win Game Six. But I don't know if that's the force mm-hmm. Game Seven or close it out. I mean, I, I took. Boston and six last episode. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stray away from that. And then yeah, you give your pick I think quick the Sixers are going to win tonight. I mean, I think the six, I think it's going seven because Joel Embiid has yet to have a game. I think he's going to have a game to affect this series. And then I think Boston will be able to win one of the two games specifically. Um, my prediction for what's going to happen after this pot is released. I think the Sixers will probably win. And then the Celtics, the Sixers will probably win on the road, and then the Celtics will probably win at Philadelphia, and I think it's going seven, and I think the Sixers will close it out. If that happens, I don't think 
there's any chance the Sixers win this series. And personally, I, if that goes seven like that, game seven, I don't I, find. I mean, I don't trust the I don't trust the Celtics with the but pressure if, on if them. Philadelphia's up three. This is a moot point. Yeah. We'll wait till it gets there. I'm not trying to cut you off, but we need to get into for our sure. first segment for today's episode after recapping yep. everything and. Um, this is H Town Wednesday a little bit, and on our first one, we want to talk about do we do you want to see the Rockets go all in for James yep. Harden next year? Well, there's a lot of conversation around James Harden right now, seeing as he's had two amazing games. Basically, the reason that the Sixers haven't gone home yet, um, he's dropped over 40 and made three very clutch shots. Um, if we're talking about his shot over Al Horford to win Game One. And then his floater in regulation in game four to make it to where they could make it to overtime. And then his corner three to give them the win. So James Harden's been on everybody's mouth recently. And specifically when it comes to Houston, first, let me take a chance to congratulate Jabari and Tari. Um, They both made all rookie second team and Tari actually barely made it. He beat Andrew Nemhard by one point once all the votes were tallied. So we we want to give them props. We're very happy for their future. Um, I'm excited for both of them and Imo Doka's new system. So just quick disclaimer real quick. But when as far as Harden going all in for Harden, I'm going to be on the no side of that. And and if you want, I'll explain it after you give what um, what your position is. I'm on the yes side. I think you do go all in. By all in for Harden, I think this means that you pay for him and you acquire a second star if that's Chris Middleton, if that's building really good role players and trading young players. If we win the lottery guard. for Wimbenyama, do you does that count? Yeah. Yes, undoubtedly. Yes, you you win the lottery for Wimbenyama, you sign Harden. This is my personal if also it depends on the all NBA teams. If Jalen Green's on an all NBA team, you Jalen Brown, Harden, you mean Jalen Brown, yeah. Brown, draft yeah. Wimbenyama, and that's and that's your big three. You do whatever you can. You got to keep one of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith when you trade for mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. You got to keep one of them. I don't think it matters which one mm-hmm. you keep. I think the the offense with if you have Jalen Green will work, and I think if you want to replace that with a a Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks type player a three and D player and have Jabari mm-hmm. Smith work you see, too. So like, or if you want to replace Jabari Smith with, mm-hmm. you can do well, I, there. Like, I, I think, think I personally am more of the opinion word one year out from that type of move. I mean, next season I'm looking at us having a very competent head coach and I actually want to see what kind of things he can get out of these young guys, what kind of steps they'll take with an elite an elite defensive head coach what kind of steps they can take with that type of head coach um I believe if we add Harden this next season he'll take away too many touches from guys like Jalen Green and Jabari Tari Ty Ty KPJ I'm pretty sure KPJ is still a pretty big part of what we'd like to do in the future because all during the opening press conference with uh, Raphael Stone, um, Ime Udoka, and um, Tillman Fertitta, they all three had something to say about KPJ while they were talking. So I believe he's still in the organization's plans, whether that be a starting point guard. Um, hopefully he could turn into maybe a, a Marcus Smart type defender over time. Um, whether that be starting point guard or sixth man or 
train him to be kind of a a small forward type hybrid, a point forward type hybrid, if he could get his defense to that point, I still think there's there's a big um there's a big role that KPJ could fill and if we if we sign hard and I basically think we're we're giving up on KPJ because he's gonna have to come off the bench pretty much. There's not gonna be room for him in the starting rotation. I think that's the best spot for him. I also it could think be. No, I I, I think it could be the best spot for him, but I don't think we should judge that that's the best spot for him off of him being coached by Steven Silas for two seasons at point guard. I think this front office feels a lot of pressure to be good right now. I understand the, like, you want to wait it out. You would like to see it, but Tillman Fertitta isn't doing that. The front office isn't doing that. There's a sense of urgency. That's why I think Udoka mm-hmm. took the job, because he knows there's a sense of urgency. He's not taking this job to have a losing season to see what he can figure out with mm-hmm. these losing players. He's taking this job because they have $60 million in cap space. They have the best odds mm-hmm. to get the number one overall pick. And they have tradable assets and they and they have an owner that has told their front office and GM that they yep. want to be aggressive. He took this job. I, I don't think he doesn't believe in these young players. I think there are young players that he mm-hmm. definitely believes in. And I think he, he might believe in all of them, but he also understands that we have $60 million mm-hmm. in cap space with James Harden. You get another star. He's not coming here to play with all these young guys. Like as much as we'd love to say he just loves Houston. I mean, he loves Houston, but Mm -hmm. he also wants to win here. He's going to bring someone else. Is that Chris Middleton? Just like flat out Mm -hmm. free agency. Is that a Chris Middleton? Well, quickly. It could be. Is it a Porzingis? I mean, it quickly on like those fits. I definitely definitely would be unhappy with Chris Middleton considering he did not have a good regular season or a good playoffs this year. He had one good playoff. I just, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not going to think that we should sign him to play over one of our young guys coming off an injury like that. I just don't agree with that range of thinking. No, for, I, I would much rather sign a Cam Johnson. I would be, and overpay him I would be happier with that, but to play a really good role. Really quick. I want to get into I want to get into talking about this James Harden thing a little more because I honestly am not sure if he even wants to be a Rocket. I know we've heard all the I know we've heard all the rumors about him saying that the Rockets that he'd love a reunion here, but this is my little theory on it because because the Rockets are in a position to pay Harden a lot more money than another team. Usually, this wouldn't be the case. Um, the reason this is the case is because uh, the 76ers have Harden's bird rights, but they aren't going to offer him a huge contract because then, then they wouldn't have enough money to pay um enough and ro- any other role players to fill out the roster because they already have the Embiid and the um Tobias Harris contract. So usually the Sixers would have Harden's bird rights and they'd be able to offer him eight percent more money than any other team, and they'd also be able to offer him an extra year than any other team. But Harden's also going to be over 38 by the time they'd be able to offer that extra year. So there's a rule called the over 38 rule to where he wouldn't even be able to to sign for more years. So considering he wouldn't be able to sign for more money or more years with the Sixers, um, that puts the Rockets in a unique position to be able to offer him probably the most amount of money any team would be willing to considering that he is a Houston Rockets legend. But projections are that James Harden would make about 35 to 40 million a year, whether that be for two years or three years. And 
if he was making 35 to 40 million a year, you arguably don't don't you only have about uh 20 about 20 million left in cap. So you you aren't going to sign another top level free agent. That might not even be enough to sign a player like Cam Johnson. I just think that that's not the type of financial decision that we want to be set up for. Well, as well as you say that, like KPJ has a non-guaranteed contract. If they feel like that they if they can get a star with that cap space, not they would either they would probably try and trade him. But if not, that would be fourteen million dollars in cap they can free up, which would put them at seventy-four million. And Jay Sean Tate's making a little over mm-hmm. five million a year. So I mean, they could clear up if they really wanted to. I don't think releasing KPJ is like mm-hmm. the most direct route to do it. But if they wanted to, could free up almost up to eighty million dollars in yeah. cap. And so, and I and I understand the concerns of paying Harden. I feel like. When there's smoke, there's fire, and there's so mm-hmm. much smoke right now. Like, at first, mm-hmm. I agree. I was, like, being a Rockets fan. Oh, I really wanted to come here, but it's probably all just for show to get a bigger contract. But there is way too much talk. Because if it was just for that, it would not get this loud, and he would speak more on it. Because we know Harden is willing to speak out yep. when he really, like, really, really wants something like that. And the fact that he's not speaking out. Granted, I know it's the playoffs, but these rumors have been mm-hmm. around since Christmas. And he hasn't shut them down at all. And I feel like if he really was using them as leverage, he would he would have either shut it down more or he would just be more, I guess, just mm-hmm. not letting it go. Because this is coming from somewhere and he's not doing anything. No, like, I agree with that. He's not doing anything to stop it. He is under an agent. Let me ask you like, a question. It, like, we know do you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you think this playoffs, how the Sixers do, has – any effect on if Harden's going to come or not? Um, I I think mm-hmm. it does to some degree. I mean, you can't say if they go all the like, way. I do you think, think it's likely it at all be, he'd come? If they won the NBA championship, if he got to the finals and lost, I or the Eastern Conference Finals and lost in a game seven, I think in those two situations he mm-hmm. stays in Philadelphia. I think if he wins it, I would put it fifty fifty. And if he loses if he and so if he loses the finals or loses the Eastern Conference close, I'd put it fifty fifty I'd put it fifty fifty. If he won the finals, I would probably put a sixty or seventy percent chance. And if he loses in the second round, here I'd put it like 75-80, and if he gets beat in the Eastern Conference Finals, pretty bad, 75-80. I do mm-hmm. think the results matter. I think how they lose matters. I'm of similar thinking. That's yeah. a very big well, thing. Because it's like I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't matter because it definitely mm-hmm. does matter. I also also think if we get Scoot, that matters. Well. If we get the number two overall pick, I'm pretty sure. I think the Rockets would have Scoot as the second prospect, considering Brandon Miller is very similar to Jabari and and to Tari. So I think if we get the second pick, we'd also be a lot less reluctant to sign him. But I as well, there's the thought process of if you're trying to build a, a, a like a, a star team, if you have the second pick, are you willing to trade down for assets to maybe end up with a with a um? Brandon Miller or a no. Thompson twins? I'm not in the trade back. Are you willing to use that as as a way no. to get another superstar? Are you willing to use that as I'm a way the to thing- get a 
No, I'm of the to thinking a, that the two no to get a I mean if you're up. if we're talking about S tier players as far as like Luca and Bede, Giannis, we know some of these players wouldn't be traded. I'd be willing to look at it, but I think that Wimbin, Yama, and Scoot are the only two players in this draft that have an outside chance of becoming one of those players, so I would not be willing to trade either of those two players for anything less than an S-tier type prospect, if I'm being honest. We're a week away from finding yep. out who gets Victor, and the team that gets Victor, I can, I will make a personal guarantee, will win at least a minimum of mm-hmm. one championship can in I, the next ten years. I would say no, I agree with that. But I could, and so I mean, if the Rockets get the one pick, I mean, it, I, I mean, you just mm-hmm. you, you you sign Harden because you're gonna that leadership yep. and point guard. I mean, you could pay him forty million dollars a year, and you wouldn't feel bad about it because. And you wouldn't have to sign mm-hmm. anybody either. Victor's that good where you can get Harden and just run it with Jalen Green. Um, and you could probably give twenty million mm-hmm. for Cam Johnson, Jabari Smith, yeah. and Wembenyama. And like maybe do you yeah. trade Sengun? I don't like the fit with those. I mean, do you trade Sengun maybe for a Ford? Is there a sign and trade option? If you, you get, get Cam Johnson, yeah. If you get Wimby, I think if you get Wimby. You you eventually will have to trade Sengun. I'm not saying you have to trade him rookie year because as too. I've told you before, I think Wimby could play could start out as a power forward just like Porzingis, just like Mobley have, just so he doesn't have to guard centers like Jokic or Embiid because I don't think he'd be good at that his rookie year. But eventually, I do think we need to move off Sengun. Have you seen that photo of him where he looks just absolutely yoked? I haven't like actually. No, is it? Photo? Like he he's been getting in the gym, crazy. like because he, he, like he looks. I, absurd, I understand. Like, I mean, he looks like he's already bigger than what that KD being, is right now. Yeah, but he looks. I still don't think he'd be able to crazy. guard specifically and beat or Jokic, but if he's no, I, I don't think. But I think as a weak be, side help defender, he might be as good as Jokic. I, I could agree with that. But that. Jabari, I mean, Jabari is also kind of of that mold, so. I think eventually you would want to ideally start Jabari at the four and Wimby at the five. I have a quick hypothetical for you, though, real quick. Um, So let's say James Harden decides to go back to the 76ers, all right? And then let's say we don't hit the lottery with the one or two pick. We get the three, four, or five, or six pick. Okay, but that's that's the doomsday outlook, but, but... you know, the front office can't think that way. So there's there'd be a couple options if you decide that KPJ is not your starting point guard. So one of the options would be to sign Fred Van Fleet for about $20 million a year. That's option number one. Tyus, Tyus Jones, Jones would probably be Tyus about Jones 10 to $15 million. So about half. That's who I would want. <laughs> and, that's, and if that mm-hmm. happened, Tyus Jones is who I want because – He's backing up. I got you. Um, Jaw, no chance to start. I think he is borderline. Like no, I love that as well. I like Tyus like Jones. Setting. I think Tyus Jones. If you're not going to have mm-hmm. a superstar point guard and and you want to, I would personally make KPJ to six man again because I think he's he's a scoring. Do you think he'd hub. be like you can give him the ball and he can generate points, but I don't think he can run an offense as well as Tyus Jones could, especially. Tyus Jones can play that market. No, I I agree with that. There's actually a third option too. Option number three for me is um, you'd probably sign either a Patrick Beverly or um, 
a Dennis Schroeder to the vet minimum and you'd split time between one of those Ty Ty and KPJ as they'd probably split point guard duties but that that is that is that is that is we are in for another that would be doomsday and we are screwed like that that is I, I that is worse even if scenario. what if we had Wimby in, in um, but one of those is our point guard would that be doomsday I mean you, I mean you might be like what OKC was the 10th the 10th seed in like year to 10th yeah. seed in a play in I mean 10 or 9 I mean because I mean if you just add Wimby to the team we have right now I mean they're going to get better but they're not going to be where they'd be that hard and where I think they could go from Worse to like, it, let's say they just added Harden and Wimby, they go from the worst team in the West to I think a four seed like the mm-hmm. Knicks that can give you issues, but have no chance to make it all the way. They're one player away from being because there's so much parity in the league that's like you don't need a super team anymore. Like I remember when we were watching in the uh, like 2017 to 2021, you're basically trying to build a super team. You want Chris Paul, Harden. Clint Capella and Jimmy Butler because mm-hmm. you have to have that to win a chip. You don't need a team like that anymore to win a chip. You really you need a team that has a Harden, another star, and a victor, mm-hmm. and you could win a chip. Like trying to play the game of building a super team that there's mm-hmm. there's too many mouths to feed, and that's why I think with the Rockets right now they have so much young talent. They're trying to borderline build a young super team, and they're starting to realize like mm-hmm. it's not basketball. That's not like where yep. the NBA is. I agree. Do you want to switch over to? Because we're seeing with with the Lakers just winning off of just defense, and the Miami Heat winning off of elite defense. Now defense, I agree, has and, been a lot more important because like, the Celtics and Sixers both have elite defense as well, and that those are the two teams that people are saying if they win the series are the favorites to make it all the way. Because the Sixers and Nuggets aren't playing a lick of defense right now. You can see it with all the points being scored. I know we need to get to the. Yep. To our next topic, we want to run in. It's who needs to get rolling on the Houston Astros yep. to get back on track. Um, well, yeah, you go first. Me, on this exact question, it's who needs to get rolling. So I'm going off of who yep. is playing right yeah. now, who isn't, who is. Because we know if we got Brantley McCullers and Altuve I, back, we'd probably be in a much better space for sure, but it's. I've heard Brantley's mm-hmm. been in the minors playing a little bit. I, that would be base. very interesting. I would I would love to see him play first base so he can so we can get Abreu who has not been great some time out the lineup. Which is which is mm-hmm. interesting because that's actually the player really? I have written down, Jose Abreu, on who mm-hmm. I think needs to get rolling for the Astros. Gone over 160 games without a home run. I mean, he yes, he hit a triple on an air mm-hmm. yesterday. It would have just been a double. Um, he has some decent. He, he's he has some like he's hitting mm-hmm. with contact decently like it's not like he's coming out here and stinking it up batting 115 he's batting 225 which isn't great but he has no home mm-hmm. runs we need more power and the contract that they paid him he needs to do more he's not usually on defense he's a good mm-hmm. first baseman like he's a solid first baseman but is he a top five to ten defensive no. first baseman Probably not. Arguably not. But that doesn't mean he's yeah. bad. He's not a bottom I'd, ten. I'd say he's he's just probably in the middle. around twelve to eighteen around that. Defense. In the... Yeah, like like he's in the middle of the pack defensively, and he has to get rolling. And I think he did, he he's a former MVP. I mean, he could. And I'm not saying. 
and he might just need to hit one. And I'm not saying he hits one, he's going to mm-hmm. finish the year with 25 home runs. Like, if we could get him to get to mm-hmm. 15 home I runs, agree. it'd be a success. And just get him to open up because he needs to get going mm-hmm. for this team to get rolling because we are looking at it like Tucker has big moments, Jordan's come up clutch, Pena's had solid mm-hmm. moments after starting slow, Bregman has, for sure. has been inconsistent. But he's not like the an overarching villain for yeah. what's going bad right now. Dubon's been all right. The pitching's been bad. Yep. The pitching really does need to step up. But I think they're injured and outcome with health. And mm-hmm. I think getting Jose Altuve back mm-hmm. would help. But that's but with the question being who needs to get back on track yep. going off of who's playing. Abreu. And Jose Abreu's got to step it up or – I mean, I dare I say we that see would be, Brantley at first base. I mean, that, I mean that, right that's now it would like a be, better option. But I mean, if we're so the reason why we're struggling before I get to get the Astros on track, like how to get on track, the reason why we're struggling first is because of injuries we've had. Yeah, Brantley McCullers and Altuve, and Altuve is a week away from rehab, from a rehab start in Sugarland. So hopefully we'll be getting on track there. And pitching-wise, we've had McCullers out the whole year. Now we see Luis Garcia is going to be out the whole year as well. And hopefully we get McCullers back soon. And Arquiti's missed a lot of time. So number one culprit is we've been very injured. Number two culprit is we, across the board, people have been playing worse. I mean, right now nobody's batting over 280 on the team. The, the, the leader in batting average on our team is Mauricio Dubon. Which that nobody would have thought that before, before the um, season started. What is he no, batting? Let's. I'm at two eighty six. Well, yeah, I would have thought nobody besides better, Dubon's batting over two eighty. That's what I meant. But Dubon is batting two eighty six. So, well, no, I'm just shocked at just how poorly. I would have just thought, mm-hmm. yeah, Tucker's at two seventy. Um, where's Jordan? Yep. Jordan's at 283. And last I mean, so year, last year Altuve and like Jordan were above 300. So this year we're missing two 300, 300 average players because Jordan has not played the volume that he needs to, and he hasn't been playing up to that standard. So, I mean, really to not have a 300 batter and to have as poor of a pitching staff it looked like and to only be one no. game under 500. It's, it's really just because of our almost. championship DNA. And right now, P- Jeremy Pena, Jose Abreu, and Alex Bregman, they're all hitting under 230. Which, when you think about that, that's three people you were expecting to be maybe contenders to be what the best player at their position. Like, those are all players that that you expect to get great, great production from. And right now, if I'm answering who needs to get on track mainly, I'm going with Alex Bregman because he's hitting 205. So only 205, that's not a good batting average at all. And with that, he's not hitting for power either. He's only got four home runs, which, I mean, the whole team as a, as a, the whole team as a construct is hit, not hitting for power either. The only ones that have more than Bregman are Alvarez with seven home runs, Pino with six, and Kyle Tucker with six home runs. So we're not hitting for power either, which we could probably um, get away with some of this, these low averages if we had some more players hitting for pretty good power. But Bregman specifically is not hitting for average or power. So that's why... He's really lucky yeah. to have those. No, four I agree home with runs. that as well. 
So I because the difference between him and Jose Abreu isn't massive because those home runs mm-hmm. counts as four RBIs, and Jose Abreu has fourteen. Mm-hmm. Alex Bregman has sixteen. Do you know Abreu's average? I mean, Bregman, you're right. Abreu's but, average. Do I know who's? I got you. Uh, two twenty-five, I believe. Yeah. Let me double check. Yeah, two twenty-five. So I mean, another batting. point per so, like Bregman. Ever since that MVP season yep. has been really struggling across the board. Last year he really turned it up after he had his um, yeah no yeah he had his daughter his I believe daughter. yeah yeah so and he really turned it up then he was pretty good in the playoffs yep. for us he wasn't perfect by any means I mean he wasn't what Jordan was for us in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year I mean, or I mean but he wasn't yep. what Jose Altuve was in the playoffs last year either Bregman's so, starting I mean, to become just, just a guy when he used I to agree. be the Astros one of the best players on the t- like the man for sure the man my freshman year at u of h i would go to oh what was it called it was it was the um dining hall i can't remember what it was called but i would i would go in and this was the year we were playing the nationals and i remember watching i think it was game one or two at home and he hit like a two-run bomb and they were talking about how he was the second or like a co-favorite runner-up for mvp mm-hmm. like he was doing all of that and that team was hurt and he almost single-handedly yep. carried people were saying he was the best third baseman year. in baseball and back I was then there. i remember that absolutely i mean he was an MVP over machado and arenado watching it when i would be when I was over at U of H watching, and I even went to game seven of that series when we did the infamous pulled Zach Greinke too early and never mm-hmm. played Garrett Cole, but warmed him up, but never brought him in. A lot of and people think that's why Garrett downhill. Cole left the Astros. I mean, we know he probably got more money as well, but that's a lot of people say that's what turned him off on the idea of maybe coming back to the Astros. Well, I mean, that, and I mean, we're only bringing this up talking about Bregman, how we would like for him to get back to back to like what he was doing back then. But I mean, the unraveling of the this is terrible. I hate to even do this, but we were mm-hmm. in the midst of a, a scandal. Right after that, the scandal came out, and he has underperformed ever since. Mm-hmm. We got busted for for cheating. I don't want to say it's a direct correlation, but there has been no player in the league that has struggled since that season from that Astros team more, since we got busted than for Alex cheating Bregman. like Alex Bregman has. And, I mean, that is that is unfortunate to even say, but it's also very mm-hmm. – it could be a coincidence. It really could. And it could just be a coincidence Jose Altuve has mm-hmm. to really played better, arguably, since then. And and like Carlos Correa's played just the same and Springer's played better since then. Like that like it could all be coincidence, have nothing to do with it, but nobody's had a fall off like Bregman has, like compared to that. Because let's look at what Bregman did last year. In the regular mm-hmm. season, I mean he batted two fifty nine last year. I mean, that's a lot better than what we're getting now. And in the two ninety four is the type of thing you want him to be giving you all season. That's that's kinda like the old Bregman. So at least he has he has shown that he can do it in the playoffs sometimes. In 2021, he batted 217 in the playoffs. He batted 270 in the regular season. 2020 was the shortened year, 242 mm-hmm. in the regular season. 2019 would have been 
that would have been the year we lost to the Nationals. He batted 296 exactly. in the regular yep. season. That was his MVP caliber year. 296, and he hit 41. Now that seems like home runs. Yeah. I can't imagine him doing that again. Like, like so, so he goes from 296 and 41 home runs to the next season, which was a COVID year. So let's let's just he bat 242 with six home runs, and then in 2021, which would be like the next full season, would be mm-hmm. he batted 270 with 12 home runs. So I mean, yep. the power has just nosedived. It's gone. And he used to be that. This, I mean, he used to like, be that kind of dude that him and Brantley the were the two just... contact dudes as well. He used to be great for power and great for contact. And this season, he hasn't been Absolutely. good at either whatsoever. Because him and Brantley used him, Brantley, and sometimes Altuve were the dudes that knew the strike zone like the back of their hands. It would not swing at anything, swing and miss at anything that wasn't close at all. So, and that has not been him. So I'm just curious to know if you had to guess Jose Abreu his MVP year, how many home runs and oh actually no no he won MVP I believe year he was COVID right was he the COVID MVP? He batted three seventeen yep. and hit nineteen home runs when he won MVP. In 2021 he batted two sixty one with thirty home runs, and in 2022 this is actually remarkable he batted three oh four with fifteen home runs. I mean, if you're yeah. going to lose power, bat 300. We have no issue. We will have no – if you're going to lose power to where you're yeah. not hitting a single nuke, bat 300. That's that's what they're paying him to do. That's they're pretty much Yule. That's pretty much Yuli you know this what? season. He there won batting no champion. Issue. I mean – If he was yeah. batting 225 with six nukes, we'd have no issue. This would this would this he would his mm-hmm. slugging would be better. But he's not giving you either, just like Bregman. Or or I mean two twenty it's it's yeah he and that's that has to get fixed and it might need to be both of them just fix it like they don't need to completely turn around but if they can both go from playing at a c minus to a c plus or b minus level mm-hmm. if they can just get up a little bit more get just a little bit they don't have to go crazy none of them we're not asking to be all stars i mean if they both step it up you get brantley back maybe maybe mm-hmm. some competition will be good for a brayu you get altuve back and then or you only need to replace one of them 19. and then move like Bre- they... bregman out the two hole and that'll give you a lot more production at the top of the lineup no, and it's funny because everybody's going to be talking about, and I'm sure we'll even have a conversation at some point. Well, like, who said mm-hmm. the uh, Astros target at the trade deadline? The Astros trade deadline yeah. will literally just be getting people yeah. off the IL. Like that. That's their trade deadline. They don't need to move. They don't yeah, that's how they bolster the the, the roster right to. before the need to get the end push. But yes, and they're and they're going to make. I'm move. looking There's at pitching or bullpen more than lineup wise. If I'm being injuries. honest. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I think lineup has a lot of injuries. Uh, losing mm-hmm. yeah. Garcia, it's Garcia, right, for the whole year. Yep. That's that's we need. Yep. And maybe we can do what the Mariners yep. didn't. That would be amazing. Castillo type pitcher, that was a really good pitcher. But then, like when you put yep. him on a winning team as a. And real quick, before we get off like the Astros, stuck. let me just shout out the Astros' new Mister Mustache, JP France. He he had a very good outing, and he just got caught up not too long ago. So. Maybe we found ourselves another diamond in the rough with him. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. We need whatever we can get. So that's going to end our H Town Wednesday. But we mm-hmm. do have something we are really excited to talk about, which is 
Um, we want to kind of discuss the NBA playoffs right now and ranking who's the yeah. top available players left in the playoffs. Who who is playing the best, mm-hmm. and like how do we rank it? Because I mean, right now, I mean, I saw it on ESPN this morning. They were even doing this. They were going through. It was. If I'm not mistaken, oh gosh, it was Matt. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Danny Green and Richard Jefferson were given their top five players left still in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I really like their. We're gonna do this draft style bit, though, but, and and um, positions don't matter, so yeah, we're not so gonna we're have gonna, to take a center. Go, or, yeah, positions don't matter, and this way, so we're not having like the same players. Yep. We're gonna go back and forth drafting. Do you want to um, go first? I am yeah. going to have the number one. I'm going first because no, yeah, that's fine. Still that's that's completely fine. Get, so I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go first here with the first pick in the 2023 playoffs player draft. I'm gonna oh, go. With that's exactly who I would have picked too. I think. I think mm-hmm. Devin Booker has been the best player in this playoffs. I understand the thought process if somebody wants to go Jimmy Butler, but I think Devin Booker right now is playing at such mm-hmm. an absurd level efficiency wise. I mean, oh 51% gosh, dude, from three is read 51% from three. It's at 62% field goal percentage. Yep. 62 and his mm-hmm. true shooting percentage almost. He's 0.2 points off of 37 unheard. points per game. No, he's in the playoffs. Along with seven and a half assists, so he he's is, passing as well, filling in for Chris Paul. Yes, he had yes, twelve assists, if I'm not 12. mistaken, in the last game. Was it twelve or fourteen? It was. It was twelve. Yeah, it was twelve. It was. I need to bring this up real quick. My little things, but he had twelve assists. He is single-handedly <laughs> like I get Jimmy Butler, and I get what he's done, and I get he's playing against the Bucks. But here's one thing that I would argue that Jimmy Butler had that Devin Booker didn't. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler had major injuries happen to star players in the first round. He, Chris Middleton's trying to come back from injury and Giannis was hurt. That is a blessing. He took advantage. He had one mm-hmm. of the greatest single playoff performances of all time. But, and not to say he's been like, hasn't been spectacular, but he has not been Devin Booker or as Stephen A. Smith likes to call him. Yep. I think it's going to stick the light skinned Mamba. No, I, and on Devin Booker real quick, I, I think if he if he makes his name playing like this, he's played like this in a playoffs previously in the bubble, I believe. And, and oh, he didn't play the playoffs mm-hmm. in the bubble, but they won seven in a row. And he no, but there was a series when he there was the a playoffs where he was playing not quite this well, but almost as well. And and I think if he puts together another playoffs and. No, I agree. It wasn't last year. I think it was the, it uh, the year, year before. Sure. Yeah, but if he puts before, together another one of these, specifically if he could go and win a championship with a run like this, he he is definitely this version, this generation's version of MJ or Kobe. Mm-hmm. And he's averaging almost mm-hmm. forty three minutes a game, which you would think would fatigue a player. So what you that would like mainly mm-hmm. hurt his field goal percentage and three point percentage, and it's sixty two percent field goal and fifty one. It's from three. pretty on high volume fifty one. It's ridiculous. He's gotten up and he's hit yeah. twenty six. So number two. Okay, I'm gonna let you get to your your pick. Uh, 
Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, number two, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. You're good. Not too much of a surprise. He's averaging 33.5 points per game, second most in the league in the playoffs. Um, I think he's he's averaging six rebounds, five assists, um, 56% field goal percentage while shooting 39% from three, which is way better than his regular season mark, which I think is one of the most impressive things about his run. But I'm also going to consider him probably the the clutchest player in the playoffs right now if it's the last two three minutes i think jimmy butler's the the number one dude you're gonna pick to try to take you home so and he's been doing it with the least help compared to all the other play yeah compared to all the other players in this year's playoffs so i think it's safe to say jimmy butler's safely number two he's also had some very like essential end of game shot. So uh, yeah, I'm locking him in number two. I think that 50, um, yeah, goodness. It was the 56 performance alone. I'm actually, so I'm going to go with my pick here. So we're each going to go five players. There'll be 10 players picked and maybe this one might be a curveball, but my pick, I'm going to go the Joker Mm -hmm. here with my second pick averaging 31 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists, shooting 47% from three Mm -hmm. and uh, 53% from the field. He is, I mean, he had 53, four and 11 last game and they lost and he, then Mm -hmm. he had 30, 17, 17, the game before. I think, I don't think he's doing this because he's mad he didn't win MVP. I think he is just trying to show everybody mm-hmm. that he is going to will this team. To They go as far as he goes, and, I mean, he's mm-hmm. if he does this, they can win that series still. If he continues to perform at this level, he can win that series, mm-hmm. and I think his teammates are starting to let him down. The depth and the role mm-hmm. players aren't stepping up to the extent that they need to. But like I said, role players yep. play better at home. No, I agree. This series this is, is very interesting. interesting. It's probably my second favorite series right now behind the Sixers and the um, Celtics. But, yeah, Jokic, I have him at 3-2. I would have drafted him third. Um, specifically, he's been their whole offensive system. You could make an argument he might be over Jimmy Butler if he was giving you some defense because his offensive stats are probably better. But defensively, Jimmy Butler's guarding the other team's best defender on some nights versus Jokic being a negative on the that end. But uh, I I agree he's good for number three. He's the only reason that team might be able to make it to the finals. So and I, I and I'm respecting him because there was some noise that he he doesn't do well in the playoffs and he's definitely showed that he can be that same dude, that offensive hub in the playoffs. So absolutely. All right. So number four, I'm going to take Steph Curry. Um, so far it's, yeah, it's ranked out exactly yeah, how my list has gone as well. So we're on the same page so far, but he's averaging 30.6 points per game. No, I agree. After five, I agree. it's murky. But, After yeah, Curry's five, averaging 30.6 points per game, 47% field goal percentage, and 37.9 three-point percentage, which if his percentages were higher, there might be an argument for him to be above Jokic, but he's been getting completely harassed, especially this series against the Lakers. Um, If he took just his King stats, he'd, he'd probably be better than Jokic as well, but the – For sure. I actually have my next pick. I think this is easy. I'm okay. going to go Anthony Davis. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Anthony Davis at five. 
Um, I think he has been defensively, he might be mm-hmm. the best player in the playoffs right now. Defensively, he is averaging 3.7 blocks mm-hmm. a game and one and a half steals. So, I mean, if you put that together, we're looking at he's five possessions a game minimum. He is just single handedly mm-hmm. recording a stat to destroy that possession. Like the defense and the level that he's doing it at is insane. He is averaging 21 points, 14 mm-hmm. rebounds, shooting 52% from the field. Uh, he's only mm-hmm. shot 11 three-pointers. He's hit three of them. He's 28% or 27.3% from three. That would You would like that to be better. And defensively. But his impact on winning right now, he is the reason mm-hmm. the Lakers are winning this yep. series of three. So, his defensive presence is that big. Yeah, so at After five, list, I did not have Anthony Davis. So I'm going to take the player I had at five above him. I actually had Anthony Davis at seven, and that was mainly because of his inconsistency. But I can—I'm—I'm I'm not going to argue with five because he definitely has not been inconsistent on the defensive end, and his defense is the reason they're beating the Warriors. But um, fifth for sixth, I'm going to take who I had five, and I'm going to choose Kevin Durant. And some—I know some people are thinking that he has not been playing well this playoffs, and. And he ha- has had some dud games, specifically game one against um, game one against the Nuggets, and I believe game one also against um, in the first round. He was not very well. He did not play very well, but he's still averaging um, the fifth amount of points, the fifth most amount of points in the league right now at 30 points per game. So that's why he's sixth, and he also is still shooting, and his shooting percentages haven't been great at 49.2% field goal percentage. And he's at 35% from three. So if he if he wasn't shooting so poorly from three, which we know he he usually is a sniper from three, then he would be averaging probably this the second or third most in the league. And he's still giving you nine rebounds per game and five assists. So he's impacting way more than just scoring. And um and I I think Kevin Durant's a pretty good lock to be six. I think that's I think that's a really good pick. Seven. So it's murky. This is where, like, I I am actually going to choose. I know. I'm yes, sir. Please do it. Here, Please Anthony do Davis it. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm gonna say James Harden because mm-hmm. his, what the ceiling he is playing at in those games. Like if you took his best four games from this playoffs, yep. he is the sec. He's probably the third best player in this playoffs. If you were just to strictly take the best, mm-hmm. or uh, if you make his bad games average, like, you just I think you slot him in at five behind Curry. Yeah, his bad games is what weighs him down. Yeah, I think yeah, like if like his mm-hmm. bad games are bad, but his good games are spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have him. So yeah, that's, that's um, my fourth player. So quick on James Harden. Good. He's also got Yeah, no. He was he he's who I I'm had six right above Davis, but that's kind of interchangeable. <laughs> and he has three makes with the season on the line, which I think is crazy, along with still averaging eight assists and six rebounds. So he has three essential field goals with the season on the line, so I'm putting him there. Neck Yeah, or he even the or that floater that he had on Horford done. and Yep. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so next right. that is, was, is it the eighth player overall? Right. Is my I know it's my fourth. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This so would be, it's, this would be it's not too much overall. off my list so far, but um, eighth, I'm gonna go ahead and take Jason Tatum. Um, he's averaging 26 points per game, 46% field goal, 36% from three points. So, excuse me, his field goal and three point percentage are why he's not um, scoring as high and why he's so low on this list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You took Jason no, yeah, Tatum. Yeah, I took I'm Tatum. So yeah, I apologize. and I just want to make sure he's averaging right. ten point okay. six rebounds per game, which is great coming from a forward. So he's one of the best rebounders right now in the playoffs, and he's still averaging five point one assists while playing great defense. He's blocked a bunch of shots in the Sixers series, so I think it's pretty safe to say Jason Tatum deserves eight. And if he had been shooting the ball better, he could be a couple spots higher. Okay, I'm going to go with my last pick for to round out my mm-hmm. five. I'm going to take his running mate, Jalen Brown. He's um, he's averaging about – he's averaging 25 points per game in this postseason, shooting 47% from three and 55% from the field. Uh, defensively, he has been doing good, and maybe I'm trying <laughs> to butter up Harden and Jalen Brown uh-huh. to come to the Rockets. That might be a little bit what I'm doing here. But I'm going to go to round out my five. Okay, but yeah. Jalen Brown at number yeah. five. And if Jalen Brown wasn't disappearing down the stretch, he would be higher for sure. But at the end of games, he's a little eh. And he's also only shooting 72% from the free throw, which is actually bad for him. So, yeah, he's not being clutch with his free throws. Mm Mm-hmm. He starts no, off games he's, so hot though, and can yeah. get Celtics when he's on. Keep him when he's going, he I think him and Devin Booker are going, the two hottest players in the league right now. When they are going, because second only. There's been stretches. Oh, where I, I think agree. Brown's I think I think he's the best player, maybe about like thirty-five, forty percent of the time. So I agree with you on that. Um, but if I'm moving on to pick my last player, and this is hard for me, I. I ranked one player over a player that I really respect, and I am thinking about putting him in at the last spot, but I don't think I can do it. So I'll give him an honorable mention afterwards. But at 10, I'm going to take Jamal Murray, which it's hard for me to say that because he it, he does have the best offensive player in the league, a lot of people would say, with him. So there's a lot of pressure taken off of him, but he's still doing very great. He's... He's averaging more than Tatum and Brown at 26.7 points per game while shooting 46.2 field goal percentage and still shooting 37% from three. He's also still being able to get almost seven assists with Jokic having the ball most of the time and giving you five rebounds. So I think Murray has deserved this 10th spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Can I take a jab at who I think you're on? No, actually, I... Is it Jalen Brunson? No. That's who I would have had as my honorable mention. Okay. Been next up. That yeah, I had Jalen Brunson. Yeah, who, who was your who was at thirteenth? So I have two players above him that I would have said before him, but Jalen Brunson has been just insane. And and one of those players, yeah, it's an Embiid and LeBron. Was it, was it Embiid? It's Embiid and LeBron. And LeBron, he's been LeBron. Hurt, yeah. I can Embiid. I can see how you might not say LeBron, but for Embiid, it's specifically I have him so high because he has played amazing defense while still being hurt against the Celtics, and he if you look at the difference between their paint points in the first round in the first game versus these last three games, 
Embiid has made a crazy difference on um in the interior. He's averaging 2.7 blocks per game, so he's been the second best defender in the playoffs besides Anthony Davis, in my opinion. So that's why I put him there while still averaging 23, but I can see Jalen Brunson being over him. No, I, I like that. So yep. uh, just to recap this segment, we're going to go kind of quick here. Um, we each have our top five players in the playoffs. We could not repeat players. My top five were Devin Booker, Jokic, Anthony Davis. Um, Was it Harden? Jalen Brown yeah. and oh, and James Harden. No, yeah. And your, no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so I had Jimmy five. Butler, Curry, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler, Curry, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and um, Jamal Murray. Yeah. That's correct. So. so it's, it's Jamal Murray. That's correct. Okay. So it's it's crazy mm-hmm. that after our rankings, we we left LeBron out of the top 10 players in the yep, playoffs. I that's don't know insane. how long it's been since he's definitely been able to say starting that. the ages catching up with um, him, but he's still looking good. He's still so, honorable mention, so. That is good. And before we and before we end this episode, we are going to recap that I like yep. I like Boston tonight. Ollie likes Philadelphia, and by tonight, who is right? Tuesday you'll night, know who. See this on Wednesday, you'll know who so is smarter. Very quickly, who? Um, how was that? On um, over unders two thirteen. We're both going to take the over, and then Phoenix at Denver. I like Phoenix to cover at six and a half. I, um, I like them. To I'm win. taking. What do you um, like in that one again? Sorry, I I was taking Phoenix to to win, but that one's tough. Yeah, cover as well. Oh, you're gonna take Phoenix to win. Yeah, okay, I like that. And then Wednesday, which will be tonight's game. This is what y'all hear. This is where y'all have yeah. the opportunity to really match our bets or fade them, however you choose. Uh, Miami at New York. New York's three and a half yep. point favorites. We both like Miami to close this series out. And the over under at two oh nine and a half. Um, that's a very small over under. I like the under still. I know they just scored two. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the under on that. That's close, but yeah, well. th- it's been more defensive. And then the Lakers, Lakers at Warriors. As of right now, the Warriors are seven point favorites. I'm going to take Warriors to cover. Yeah. I think they win this game by twenty. For games, sure, that's this series would be a lot better if the games would be closer, well. just because of the the storylines. But they have been some. There's only been a couple, like one, I believe one close game. So it's a bit, that's made it not as exciting, but. No, I, I agree. So. With that, with that being said, we really appreciate y'all yep. listening. And, and now for the first time watching on YouTube, uh, please follow us on Spotify and our social medias, Matt Dog and Ollie Show. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe to the channel. Make sure to give us a like and the comment and subscribe. We're really excited to keep this progress going. And we do plan mm-hmm. on having a, yep. to our standards, a special And feedback guest is welcome. If you have so some feedback, please, we have please feel free to. Interview- Yes, not not to spoil too much, not to give too much away, but we will be interviewing a yep. former MLB player here coming up pretty soon. Gonna interview a dude we both really respect. What so. he's been up to in his life, and he wants. Yes, we have a lot of respect and admiration for, and we've known him for a long time. We're excited to have him on, and <laughs> I know he's going to want to talk about the LeBron versus MJ debate. We're excited to have him. So y'all, y'all for be sure. excited for that. Y'all have we'll, a good we'll one. Catch you back up with y'all on Friday.